Welcome to episode 216 of the Witty and Gritty Podcast. I'm Brooke. She is the wonderful Brooke. So if you <laughs> listened last week, I'm making up for lost opportunities. And this is Farron. <laughs> Fabulous Farron. <laughs> Stop it. Anyway, we are in our summer series of our kid classic stories where we are diving in to see, yes, these stories are great for kids and great for adults because the Bible's for everyone. Hooray! Who knew? How <laughs> oh, now, bro? Go. I think God knew. <laughs> God did know. Look, look what he did. So we have taken 10 stories from the Old Testament, and we are on, oh my goodness, we're almost done with this whole thing. We are talking about Esther today. Look at her go. Yes, if you have not heard of Esther, I think you'll fall in love quite quickly. It is quite the amazing story. So from last week to this week, there's been a few books in between, 1 Samuel and Esther, 7. You don't have to read all those, but it does set you up for success going into Esther. We're going to link some videos for you. If you, you can listen to them or you can watch them, that way you can catch up on what is happening all in between. Esther's, before you do your spiel, I do just have to say, that say is it. something that I realized in my more mature believer life, is that, man, the sequence of the Bible provides a lot more clarity on yeah, things. Yeah, it does. Because growing up, you know, there's some Sundays as a kid you're paying attention or not paying attention. And I'm sure there was a scope and sequence to like the Sunday school, (laughs) but they would only stick every so often. But seeing how things build upon each other just, you know, takes your understanding to a whole new level. So I appreciate the Brook notes. They've been Mm. very helpful. Uh, It's pretty rough. It's a, it's a rough draft. Okay. But anyway, Esther is only 10 chapters long. So you could read it in a day if you wanted to. Yeah, check so another you could get book. the whole story. Yeah, if check you a book off your list. Also, if you don't read the context building up to it, that's okay because don't you love it when you <laughs> have you ever read a book and you're like, what's happening right now? But when you open Esther, the very first verse tells us exactly what's happening. It's like uh, we are in 486 through 465 BC when King Xerxes is ruling the 127 provinces from Ethiopia to India, and his throne was in Susa. Like, thank you. That's a very helpful verse to provide all the things. (laughs) Star Wars is a pretty successful franchise, (laughs) and they've like gone back and made the trilogy prior to the original trilogy. Mm. So you do not have to read them in order, but it does help. Yes. So King Xerxes, his habits included showing off, drinking heavily, and being prideful. So sounds like a winner to me. (laughs) So one of these nights, he's having a party, and he's like, "Let me bring out my beautiful wife, Vashti." Again, Texas names. Maybe it was Vashti. I don't know. Vashti is what I'm going to say in Texas. And so he's like, come here. And she's like, no. And you can't do that. You can't say that to the king. So she gone. And so then he's like, wow, I need a queen. I have an idea. Beauty contest. So then they enter the eligible women. And Esther is one of these. And look at God. She wins the beauty contest. And she is number one to Xerxes. So backstory. Esther is a Jew. She is hiding her identity for safety's sake, and her uncle is Mordecai, and that's the other main player in this book. He is also helping advise her and try to protect her and keep her safe because her parents are gone, so he's in charge of her anyway. So basically, it's Mordecai, Esther, Xerxes, and a bad guy named Haman, and he is a jerk, and you'll see why. Okay. Okay. I just need a breath for a second. (laughs) (laughs) So, fun fact, Haman was a descendant of King Agag from the Amalekites that they were, that 
Israelites were supposed to destroy, but mm-hmm. here he is later. Mm-hmm. So remember, back to doing exactly mm-hmm. what God said, and we did it, and here we are, bad guy. Uh, so he is. he wants to kill all the Jews because he's a bad guy, and he wants all of them gone, and he's still holding a grudge. So there's that. So he convinces drunk Xerxes, hey, let's make a thing to where we can all kill all the Israelites. And Xerxes is like, cool, man, let's do whatever you want to do. And he signs this thing. And then the word gets out. And then Mordecai tells Esther this. And she's like, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? And Mordecai's like, you are his number one. So maybe, maybe get on in there and change some things. And she's a little nervous, obviously, because, you know, if you go in front of the king before he asks for you, you could die. Actually, you should die. Like, there's all these crazy rules back then. And Mordecai says the famous line that we're about to read. Whew. You did it. My goodness. Okay. So proud of you. <laughs> Thanks, Karen. So Esther 414, NLT. This is Mordecai talking to his niece, Esther, who's in freak out mode because everybody about to die. Mm-hmm. Yikes. But these promises from God said we wouldn't. Here we go. So this says, If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows? Perhaps you were made queen for just a time as this. And the ESV says, For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Have you ever had that advice, just not this particular advice, obviously, but a piece of advice spoken to you at the exact right moment and you're like, oh, it makes sense now. Yeah, I got to go do that thing. Hopefully everyone at some point has experienced that motivation where you're like, whoa, all right, let's go. Thank you for that. Yeah, someone says something and you're like, you have no idea how much I needed to hear that right now with what's going on in life and more proof of encouraging each other but what i'm picking up from this read section mordecai is saying god's gonna do what god's gonna do so we are going to arise from some other place and be saved but you and your family we're gonna die but god's gonna do what god's gonna do we're still gonna make it through as a as a people group but maybe you are in this exact position to be the catalyst for this Mm -hmm. I think if you reflect on Esther's life, uh, you know, being an orphan and then, you know, you might look at this winning the beauty pageant as like awesome, but it's arranged marriage, which I just, having been raised in a different culture and getting to marry Jacob, I just can't imagine that any other way. So I'm Mm -hmm. not trying to elicit shame or condemn or whatever, but you know, it was quite the process. I, and so when he asks her, maybe you were in this position for such a time as this, it does kind of give meaning to what her life has looked like so far. Yeah. It doesn't make it less scary what she has to do. Yeah. But man, to get some meaning on anything this side of heaven, I feel like is a blessing. Yeah, for because sure. Because there's plenty that we won't be able to really see or understand. Um, so anything that we can interpret as man. a why. Make sure you read the whole book of Esther. It is like the most plot twisty thing ever. But her sentence to Mordecai right after that is like, you're right. If I die, I die. And she goes and does the thing. You're like, let's go. Anyway, I get pumped up reading about Esther. (laughs) (laughs) Read, pray. All right. How are we going to Esther in our lives? (laughs) It's a verb. (laughs) I am not confrontational. 
And so I know everyone's this like, will be good. oh, surprise. Well, no, but just... this is good. We need this perspective. There's nudges times in times where you need to speak up, especially in times of adversity. And let me tell you, it feels a lot more comfortable to just say nothing. <laughs> Except maybe later there's a tinge of guilt of like, oh, maybe mm-hmm. had I said something, it wouldn't have escalated or this could have all been avoided. So I find myself praying for God's help in speaking up when I ought to. And then also for word choice. I tell my kids so much. Their word choice means uh-huh. more than what they're actually saying. I don't know. Uh, so the words, what is the scripture, Brooke? Maybe remember that you want your words to be like honey. Oh, is, is that yeah. scripture? Yeah. She's going to great googly moogly it. Yeah. Get on the Googles. But yeah, so in scripture, we want to make sure that we're not just speaking truth um, and that we're not just standing up in times where we need to stand up for our faith or those we love, but we also need to make sure our words are right. And so it says, Proverbs sixteen twenty four: kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. So even when you are having to speak up, are you doing it in such a way that it'll be received? Yeah, that's good. I have a very different take, not very different, but praying for that holy boldness to speak out, almost like that righteous anger of like, you're about to genocide these people. This is wrong. Don't do it. And then I need to take your advice and say that in a better way. (laughs) But my first reaction is always like, injustice, we have to do something about it. So I, I need you to have that advice so then I can listen to it and do it. So thank you. The conversation <laughs> usually starts, you're not wrong. Like, <laughs> I know what you're trying to say, mm-hmm. but how you're saying it isn't going to help you out. Yes. <laughs> so read, pray, talk. Talk. Here's the good thing. Right after Esther and Mordecai depart, she talks about... She and Mordecai talk about gathering, fasting, and praying, which is an easy way that we can do that too. Gather up your people, pray about it, fast, continue to do that, (laughs) continue to do that. And so that's what, I remember there's times, there's been seasons where I've had all of y'all rally around us for like a specific moment in time. And then it's just, it's really cool to see, or just to know, like, I've had 34 people praying about this moment. Yay! Or, and seeing the other side or coming through the other side of that, of that, or even knowing no matter what happens, there's like an army of people behind me praying for this one specific thing. And it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I think that asking for advice on tough conversations, again, with word choice or having those uh, disputes mm-hmm. where I feel like as a teacher, man, I can't tell you how many times I'd have someone else read an email I got that was, you know, didn't have any sensitive information in it just to be like, are you reading this the way I'm reading this? Mm-hmm. And then here's what I've typed up, but will you read it first to make sure I'm not off here? Yeah. Um, and then even just certain situations, like, do I need to let that just blow over or should I go address that? Yeah, situation, what just happened. Get some fresh eyes on the situation. That's helpful. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's good. You can even use that for tell, read, pray, talk, tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always look at talk as like shoulder to shoulder. Yes. And tell, not that I think of people as being less than me, but as giving the advice yes. like, to someone. You're in the advisory role yeah. of some sort. 
someone it's with parent or a subordinate at work or something. Yeah. They're not lesser than. No. Less experience is what I like to call mm-hmm. it. So talk is maybe someone that you have had similar experiences. You're in the same life phase. But when you are telling someone else, teaching it, paying it forward mm-hmm. to someone that maybe hasn't had as much life experience. Yes. I, I've kind of mirrored what we would say. Like, okay, Sloan, if you're going through this, what are some other things? Who, what have some other people tried? Can we, can we see if someone else has gone through this situation recently? Because we are also of an age where they may not, we may have not experienced Snapchat in seventh <laughs> grade or whatever. I don't know. So there, it's a new world. So there are new problems or different problems. And we can see what other people have tried. And then also remembering your priorities. So Esther had to prioritize God over King Mm -hmm. and go with that too, which can be really hard because both choices are difficult, but one is the right one. I'm going to piggyback off what you said because I think establishing a why can one have someone show up for the conversation. So maybe you don't want to have it, but your why is bigger than Mm -hmm. not wanting to have it. And two, I think that can help guide your word choice. So you might be hurt, but you're not going to turn around and hurt them because that's not your why. That's not the outcome yeah. you're wanting. So I like what you were saying there. Man, and then also just the stand up to those bullies. Like if you, we said this a few episodes ago, if you see something, say something. Mm-hmm. And equipping our kids with, if there is an injustice going on you're now the bystander if you have seen it happening so Mm -hmm. your job is also to step up yeah which is scary and I tell uh, my kids too that whatever you say like I want you to stand up for yourself and others but whatever comes out of your mouth you better be willing for your teacher to hear it because it's going to get back to your teacher that's good the digital age too like you mentioned with snapchat it's just like anything that you type and send or take a picture and send it does not die it exists somewhere forever Mm -hmm. and ever so before putting pen to paper so to speak (laughs) (laughs) tablet to chisel yes just make sure that you are being cognizant of that word choice but yeah Mm. definitely whatever you say you better be willing to repeat to you know the authority figure in the situation Mm -hmm. (laughs) and is it a good representation of what because righteous anger is a thing. Jesus is in the temple. Oh, yeah. I mean, righteous anger is a fine thing to right. have. And that is definitely what I'm trying to encourage them. Like, you have to be stern and strong. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to communicate that you mean it. But just, you know, if they're calling you a name, you don't turn around and call them a name. Like, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which is really hard to do. Oh. Yeah. So oh, we model man. case by case. Yes. I don't have a general thing for that. Pray for all the situations. Absolutely. Holy Spirit activate. Brooke. Okay. Yes. You're talented in many ways. So are you, Farron. But Look at us. one way that I admire your talents is your ability to remember and recall scripture. Mm. How do you do it? <laughs> How could I get better at uh, memorizing okay. scripture? So nobody's perfect. No one can remember everything except for God, obviously. And perhaps people with eidetic memories. That's not me, but congratulations if it's you. So we have a thing for you. It's zero dollars. It's for free. All you have to do is go to wittyandgritty.blog and it'll pop up for you or it'll be at the bottom of the screen. It is 12 memorization techniques that you can use to memorize not only scripture, but anything. So if you are also a student or if you have a test coming up, 
or you just want to memorize some song lyrics, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> there are 12 different ways for firing and wiring to happen for your brain. I love it. And I know that they really encourage the kids at our church to memorize mm-hmm. scripture, and there's prizes if they do it by the end of the month. So that's one way that you can help them, but also possibly memorize scripture with your kids. That'd be a great family way to get into God's word regularly. Icing on the cake. I love it. Wonderful. I love you. I love you. Wonderful. And we will see y'all next week. Bye.